0: Hey guys, my name is Mike Krausen, one of the owners of Fit Legacy Podcast. And today I have a very special guest, a dear friend of mine back from college. His name is Frankie Guerra. He is the CEO and founder of No Doubt Fitness, basically a personal training studio that he started with a handful of people in his garage as a teenager and has been able to create a business that makes tens of thousands of dollars a month in in in-person personal training and has been able to Leverage those and those relationships into many businesses outside of there. So, without further ado, Mr. Guerra,
1: shake and bake, Mike. It is a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to to be here with Fit Legacy, man. We've, we're building a legacy. I mean, from the college days to to where we are now, it's amazing that uh, we just dreamed it and we we took little steps into it, and here we are.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been a long journey. Um, you know, I'm a little bit older than Frankie is, but. For those of you listening, this guy's mindset is on another level. Um, so basically, Frankie, let's just roll right into that. Um, but first, let me ask you, how do you like your coffee?
1: Con leche, with a little bit of milk. I'm Cuban, so we always have our uh, our milk with almost a, a 50-50 blend of, uh, of just milk and, and straight black coffee.
0: All right, all right. And um, how did you get started as a trainer? What made you get into the fitness industry?
1: Well, um, I definitely had a trainer myself. I had some health concerns when I was younger, and I mean, I, I tried out for the basketball team and never really made it. Um, but I, I hired a trainer, and um, he started coming to my house. He started training me out of my garage about four days a week, and I, I realized at the time my motivation was, of course, aesthetic and and kind of looking better, but um, with my health concerns. I really had to really look at it from a holistic point of view and really see what I needed to be eating. And so I started diving into nutrition and all that goes, well, my, my trainer got injured and needed somebody to kind of take over. And at that time, I had been doing it for, with him for quite a while. So I just jumped right in, man. And I applied the little bit that I did know. And uh, about six months before I turned 18, I applied to get my personal training uh, books to start studying. So on my 18th birthday, I was uh, I was able to get my first certification and then, from there, man, I, uh, I really felt it was my, my calling and my passion. And for, for most people, I think it fulfilled my need of self-worth and purpose, being able to help others achieve them what, what they didn't think was uh, achievable or really change physical matter. But um, from there, man, I, I graduated uh, high school and my dad really had a strong talk with me. And he was like, you know, I know you've been saving that for a car, but what if you use that money to start a gym? And I was like, whoa, 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 responsibility or a vehicle? And I was like, let's go with the vehicle. And he said, well, why don't you take some time to think about it? And um, the, the more I thought about it, I, uh, I'll never forget the day. I was charging 3 bucks a class uh, for 30 minutes. I had 20 people coming to it, so I'd only do two classes back to back. So 6 bucks times 20 people, we're talking $120 an hour uh, times four days a week. I mean, I, I was making a pretty good little salary just four hours a week. I mean, and, definitely uh, at
0: 18 years old, right? I mean, oh man, it
1: was it was awesome, and I had a little boombox and pulled the cars out of the garage, and it was, <laughs> it was uh, it was crazy. But I didn't realize what I had already had going for me, and I think so. So many times we don't realize like our formula for success is in, and it's already like the the chemistry is there, and then we try to question it. Um, and I'll definitely when we try to scale it, that's when we have to go back and really see what ingredients we put in there. But um, so, anyways, I remember I showed up one day and just one lady was there. It was kind of an off day. And she, uh, she hugged me at the end of the class. And she told me, Frankie, you don't realize what, what you've done for me. And I said, sure, I do. We've lost five pounds consistently a month for the last three months, totaling 15 pounds. And she goes, yeah, that's great. But you don't realize I was from a battered and abusive relationship with my past marriage. And I've always had to take care of others. And for her occupation, she cleaned up hotel rooms and then she has a new husband with three kids that aren't her own and she's taking care of them. And she says, I never had time to put anything to better myself. And for the first time in my life, I feel like you've been able to to keep me accountable and motivated to do that. And man, uh, I could tell you story after story like that, but that was the first time I really felt like I could do anything I wanted. And it didn't matter if I had a degree or if I was a doctor, but I could really change and help lives. So I was like, this is <laughs> this is what I want to do the rest of my life. And uh, with, within a couple months, uh, I remember graduation night, all my friends leaving to, uh, to go on their senior trips. And I was uh, renovating a, a little studio. And it was the worst business model. Uh, at the time, there was the Subway $5 foot long. So I thought, if mm-hmm. Subway can do it, I can do $5 workouts and make it just so cheap. And uh, the problem is when people don't invest in their health, there, there's no, uh, there's nothing really valued, so they'll let it go. They won't come to the classes. So uh, started with that Jim. got into college. That's when I kind of met you, and you were doing the whole private personal training style. And um, from there, man, I really, you know, you were kind of my dedication point in learning my personal fitness, but seeing how you were handling the personal relationships as a business, that's when I think that was kind of a cornerstone for for changing my direction and seeing how privatized personal fitness was valued at that time, and uh, you know, fast forward three years later, um, I, you were moving, and I I bought some of your personal training client list from you, and I had a couple supplement shops going on, and uh, the the local Gold's Gym was closing,
0: right, I and
1: uh, I thought, man, this is the sign. I need to get out of fitness. I was going to do marketing because we kind of learned that that there is some great marketing uh, avenues from Facebook and all that, all the social media stuff. So I just kind of clapped my hands together and told my clients, I'm going to buy out. This is the sign. This is my exit. And um, I thought that was it. And I still maintained my gym. Well, within that next month, a drunk driver uh, drives through my gym. I guess I made my advertising sound so good that we get you six-pack abs that fast. You could just drive through the gym and you get them.
0: (laughs) Drive-through abs.
1: uh, Drive-through abs. Boom. Um, but thank God, nobody was hurt. Nobody was there. And um, man, I was forced to uh, shut down my location at that time, and I moved everything into my garage. And one by one, my clients started reaching out to me, hey, Frankie, can can you just train me in your garage? Just one on one, I'll pay you by the session. And I thought, well, let's see how it goes. I mean, I already knew these people. I trained them for five or six years, so it wasn't like a stranger. And um, they started coming by. and within like two, three months, man, I was making, more money and more consistently and doing what I love uh, than marketing. So I got out, uh, started doing this. And on the third month, I'll never forget it, it. was the night of the Super Bowl. I got a phone call and this was a lady I had not known. And she baited me and she said, um, you know, she said my address and she said, hey, do you offer a private studio there? And I said, yes. And she said, well, I'm with the city and you're in code violation 6432. You can't be running a business out of your home. So within six months, man, uh, another uh, trial that was challenging me. And I thought, what is going on? Why can't I, why can't I get ahead? And, um, so I found a little, little storefront, 900 square feet, a great deal on rent, got in it, put my studio, same size as my garage. And, uh, man, I was doing 98 hours a week of personal training. I was literally wearing depends because I didn't want to take time to go to the bathroom. I was just crapping on myself, peeing on myself. But, um... That was great to be that busy, but personally, my health was declining. You know, and how you know you can look at a doctor and he's smoking cigarettes out the back door. You kind of discredit his advice, right? So being a a trainer that was out of shape, I mean, it's like you know, you can't you can't go and fix everybody else when you can't fix your own. So I started hiring and training some some trainers under me, and I decided I was going to rent the the bay next to me to start another personal training thing, and uh, I thought. Maybe I can do thirty percent out of that one, and man, within the first two weeks we were loaded up, and uh, so we had two studios, and now I've got five studios all under the same room, and we do truly private one-on-one personal training, and uh, man, it's grown uh, organically, and and uh, it's kind of crazy because there was never a moment I really had to figure out like the growth step; it, it just really happened for me. Um, but also, I think that's that's instinct. I mean, just like being aware of, 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 and I think the word is prudency, being able to really make good decisions, um, which I'm telling you all the highlights of my good ones. (laughs) You're, you're not hearing the, we don't have enough time to go over all my bad ones. That'd be a much longer, uh, uh, conversation, but, um, yeah, but it was, um, it was from garage high school to garage, um, back out to a gym, back into a garage. And that was the model I needed to continue keeping it, private and personalized where that intimacy level was at an all-time high. Um, and that way I can really ensure some accountability. So it was uh, it was kind of my golden nugget.
0: For me as a, a marketer, if you would, or somebody that tries to pick apart the business as much as possible to find the strengths and the weaknesses, um, the first thing that I think every listener needs to take into consideration, and I did this myself, when I was 17, 18 years old, I would hire a personal trainer for 30 bucks to train me at 6 a.m., like twice a week. And I didn't necessarily have that money, but I wanted to be the best. So I hired the the biggest guy in the gym. I don't know any better, but I paid a guy to kick my butt in the gym. And I invested, even for then, a 17 year old, 60 bucks a week is a good amount of money. And you even hired a trainer, right? Because you wanted to be better. And I think that if you take majority of the people in the world, especially those that um, are not happy with where they're at, what have they paid for that wasn't school to further their education? How many people have hired somebody to help them do something outside of school? And I think that that number would be fairly low whether you hire a personal trainer or a mentor or a business coach or, you know, um, somebody to help you write a book, you know, or like anything that somebody does in a professional setting to help you further your education or further something else. I feel like the people that invest is very low. And I feel like a lot of that is because they lack the confidence in doing it themselves. Um, that's why you hire somebody. So like, you're smart enough to know, hey, I need to hire this person because I don't know what I'm doing. Right? So you're, you're smart enough to make the educated decision um, or like you know financially don't think it's going to pay off and it's going to be a waste of money or they'd rather put that money towards something else. Um, so for me, I think that's a really big key point in there is that you invest in yourself and you got something out of it more than if you just went to the gym by yourself as a, as a kid, right? Even at today's Absolutely. age, at 25 years old, at 35 years old, if you hire somebody to do something for you... You're going to learn from them. That's why you hired them, whether it's training. You know, a lot of our clients um, never had business mentors before, but they hire us for a reason. It's because they realize, hey, I'm to the level of where I'm at and I'm tired of spinning my wheels trying to figure it out or I've done everything I can and so it's time for me to level up or I have no clue what I'm doing, but I don't want to spend the next six months trying to figure it out. I wanna go from A to Z without the stress and the lost energy. And so it's kind of like a um, a smart move to do that. So I applaud you for that at the young age. And another thing that I hated your business model of like, I'm gonna train as many people in the whole area for five bucks.
1: The whole world, said, the whole, the whole
0: world. world, right? The problem is, is that you can take the Walmart approach or the Gucci approach or any other high-end brand and you can attract anybody and everybody and you get people that we call Walmart shoppers, which are a thing because it's just a a lower quality prospect, if you would, Um, and that comes in many facets. Or you have a client that is willing to pay for a service and invest in themselves and know that that client wants to be there Because as I've said over and over and over, two reasons why you achieve a goal. And it's either lack of accountability or lack of knowledge. You gotta have both those things to achieve your goal. And lack of accountability comes in the two things. It comes in time and money. Are you investing time or are you investing money? If you're not doing either one of those, as you said earlier, they just don't care. $5 Right, five dollar right. class. It's five dollars, whatever. I think a number one at McDonald's is le- is more expensive than that. So they're not going to invest, and they're not going. Damn, I wasted money today. Because they don't Absolutely. care. It, you know, it, you don't pair, wear a pair of Gucci shoes to cut the grass, right? You wear those. You clean them. You keep those in a in a bag in the closet, and those are special occasion only. You want your business to be treated like that. Not like the pair of Walmart shoes that you're cutting the grass in. They're getting wet. You put them outside in the rain to clean them, right? You don't want your business to be treated like the pair of shoes. So you have to hold yourself with value. And the only way to do that is make a person invest into you. Second, lack of knowledge. If you don't know what you're doing, then you're spinning your wheels and you're putting that 100% of dedication that you have, right? You have the value, you have the money, you have the time but you just don't know what you're doing. And I like to call this the New Year's resolution, right? This is the person that's putting 110% just in the wrong direction. They're at it for 12 weeks and they're just frustrated and frustrated because the scale is not changing or their body composition is not changing. And you've seen it as a trainer. That's your job is to make sure and take all of their energy and put it in a direction in which they're going to see results. And that's, absolutely. it's easy for me to relate in fitness. Because that's my background. That's what I've done. But it's the same thing as far as I think when it comes to like building a business, that mentor comes in and is, um, whether it's paid mentor or not, it allows you to put all that energy that most I think of it is lack of knowledge or lack of knowing where to put all your energy. Because if you're putting it into flyers to put on cars inside parking lots, maybe you should be putting that in the facebook ads but the difference is is that you just don't know how right or vice versa maybe you're putting all your energy into social media and you're forgetting that you need to get out there and touch people and get in front of people's faces and that type of thing just depending on your business model so those are two things that i i picked up out of your story that i personally like it's going after the clientele that really fits who you are and what you're trying to do fits your niche you know Um, I was told a long time ago that if you try to sell to everyone, you're going to sell to no one. Find a niche and hone in on it and stick with it. For example, Coffee Over Cardio. We primarily go after boss babe women, trying to empower women, trying to better them and everything that their business and engulf everything about them. Instead of going after everybody, because everybody can drink coffee. Males can drink coffee over cardio. I do it every day, but I don't that, want to market to everybody. You know what I mean? I want it to be a community of people or females that um, can relate to Abby and understand struggle and understand success and been able to relate and have a group of people in a community that can bounce ideas off each other and grow. It's a lot easier to build a community of a, of a few Than trying to bring in everybody, and I think your business is the same way. It's a lot easier for people to relate than when you got people coming in the same door and you got an NFL player or aspiring NFL player beside the stay-at-home mom that has three kids trying to lose 20 pounds. It's really hard for them, and one's going, man, what is she doing here? And the other one's going, man, I don't want to look that big. And so trying to right. fit everybody in, right? It, it doesn't mesh as well for your business. So um, it obviously you said it there, you found more success whenever you narrowed down and focused on your ideal client, right?
1: And they appreciate it. They like to know that everybody in there is there because you specialize in their need. And they, they the trust is there. They know that's what you're confident in. They know they get to see the people next to them fit the same mold that they're in. Um, and I think that's something that's valued. That's a huge value when you know you specialize instead of generalize.
0: So obviously, you know, you've become a trainer you've been successful. There's a lot of personal trainers on here right now that do online training. I know that listen to this podcast. And you know what? Maybe they're tired of working that $9 an hour, $12 an hour for that big gym, right? What do you suggest a person do? that wants to leave working at the 24 hour fitness or the LA fitness? And how do they open up their own studio? Like what is a few things that you would suggest for somebody to do? And then on top of that, how much does it cost?
1: Okay, okay, so right off the top, let's say, and it depends on where you're at, demographic's gonna be pretty crucial. But one, if you don't have steady income coming in, you have no business in coming in to think, I'm just going to start this. As far as if you're a trainer and you want to open up your own place and you don't even have a single client, not even you train your dog, don't go and start your own business. What you need to do is, A, find a professional that's going to give you the the, the 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 foundation to to at least get some money coming in the door. And then now, just like you said, you already painted the perfect picture. The guy's already working at a gym. He's got some clients built up and he's questioning, does he go on his own, does he not? The big thing is, who is your clientele? So for most guys that I coach to do this, number one is you gotta have some capital to operate and you gotta have some capital to open. It might cost you know, the lease and the equipment and you ran all those numbers and Rogue is running an amazing deal and you're trying to jump on it while their deal's on. Stop putting that pressure. When I opened my first gym, timing was one of the biggest things I messed up on. I opened up my first gym July 6. I already missed all the people that were looking good for spring break and summer. Everybody was traveling, trying to get last-minute traveling, and they were all getting ready to go back to school and not focus on anything else. And wherever they were at on their fitness journey, you know what? It was just going to stay until the next year. It was going to hibernate. So definitely try to plan when your gym is going to open. Be forecasting that. Give yourself some buffer time. But you're looking at anywhere between 25000 and 50000 to open up a a gym coming, and I'm talking about the main four staples, um, the weights, mats, mirrors, and audio equipment. The other stuff as far as coming into financing, there's so many ways now with like Venmo and Square that you can kind of get by. Um, I use a pretty high-end integration system mainly because we auto-draft every single day. We don't have a membership, we sell sessions and packages. so we have to drive. We have to draw every single day to continue that. So we spend a good bit of money. Uh, I think it's like five or six percent we give up for that. But the peace of mind and knowing that steady cash flow is coming in is is worth it. Um, right. So but- what
0: you just said right there, I thought was huge. And that's you give up a nice chunk of the of your revenue, but the mindset, the stress free, and the structure is worth it. Versus trying to excel everything yourself, or not sure what to do or how to do it. Sometimes it's just easier. And I've always said that the less stress you have on your mind, the more you can focus on growth. Right. So less maintenance of the business, more growing of the business. Right. And,
1: and it's funny because you know when you go into this type of stuff, you said it—the guy that's working for nine bucks an hour or working for another gym. If they're wanting to do this and they gotta realize it's not about the training time, the actual time you're trading for dollars for for sessions. But like for me, I was spending about 20 hours a week trying to process checks and credit cards and square. Well, one thing I had to take an evaluation of myself is how much do I value my own time? So let's say just for, for ease, I value my time at $25 an hour just for an easy number. Well, times 20 hours, we're talking about $500 I was spending per week just for me to uh, process the money that I was already coming in. So what I figured is if I could pay somebody else, even if it was $400 for me to, or even the same amount, $500 for them to handle all of the transactions, I could spend that time training people and make more money doing it. So that's the thing that I I will say is one of probably my biggest uh, learning moments now being in the business 10 years or owning this, this no doubt, uh, fitness studio 10 years. It's the amount of time I spent to try to create an original thought when I could have hired a professional rather than, well, this guy kind of knows what he's doing and it's really cheap. I can afford that. You can afford so much more than you think. The problem I had to learn was I couldn't afford not to invest in professionals
0: yeah i remember um when we started working together uh, a few weeks ago um i guess it's been a few months now but you stated that you couldn't afford um you couldn't afford cheap workers anymore yes and um so you guys can understand that it's not the the price, it's the value. Right. When you look at when you look at something, do you say that's expensive? It costs too much or you go, it's not worth the value. For me, like, okay, Jordan's, for example. I was gonna say Gucci, but that's expensive because I'm not in that, I'm not, I'm not playing in that game, right? That's that's too expensive for me. But like Jordan shoes, all right, or the brand new Nikes that come out for $170. I don't see the value in that. It's not that I can't afford it. I just don't, I don't, I don't think that it's worth the money. And so let's say I go with something like, you know, a pair of ASICs that are on sale for 25 bucks. They're cheap. So I purchased them, but they don't last very long, right? I run through them, you know, maybe there's something wrong with them, but Hey, I got them at a discount price, had to get them. They last me three months, right? But if I just doubled the money, I could have bought a pair of, um, shoes that weren't on sale, just a medium that I found good value in and the price, you know, I didn't buy it cause of the price I bought it because I felt the value was worth it. And those shoes last me a year. Now I get more out of it for a little bit more money, but the value was better sort of whatever aligns with your values. Um, I think that's a big you know, thing is that what we're trying to get across here is that just because it's cheap doesn't mean that it's worth it. Um, The time it takes, like for example, I watched a video on value and it was for people that make logos, right? People that work on labels or any type of graphic designer. It takes a graphic designer, let's say three hours to make a logo and they go, okay, that's going to be $3,000. You're like, what? Three, it took you three hours. It did, but it took me 10 years to get to where I could do it in three hours. And it's all going to be perceived value. So, for example, if FedEx wants to rebrand themselves, you think their logo is going to cost them three thousand dollars? No, it's going to cost them three million. Why? It takes the same amount of time, three hours. That logo is going to cost them three million dollars. Why? Because the person that is because they know the value of how much that logo is worth to them. It's not a price. It's a value. And so if it's worth it to you and it's going to make you money, then you got to put a price tag on it and stop worrying about, um, well, so-and-so could do it for this amount. Well, it could, but is it going to take your brand and tank it, right? Or is it going to help, you know, it's going to help you make more money? They have to look at an investment style. Um, we've all tried to help somebody train for free. The problem is, is that when you train somebody for free, they don't listen half the time. It's because they have no, there's okay. no value to it,
1: and nothing invested.
0: And so, um, I think I've kind of beat that down a little bit. Is there anything you want to add to that?
1: Well, it's perfect timing. Today, I had a uh, a client from four years ago. Actually, not even a client, just a consult. A very warm lead. We'd met two or three times. She was really trying to just tiptoe into the whole fitness thing not really interested wanted to not really wanted to not and um, right at that moment in her life she wasn't ready to value her own health for what I my, the level of, of service I was providing and she never bought in well today I got in a, an online lead from her and when my staff contacted her they knew that she was a warm lead at one point and they just simply asked why?" Why did you not sign up then? Um, Because if it's it's in a price issue, I promise you we're more expensive than we were then, four years ago. And she said, you know, it was a value thing. I didn't want to spend my money on it. And she says, now I can't live without investing in it. And it was amazing to see her knowing that what she was about to buy at one time, she wasn't going to pay 40% of what I was charging. And now knowing what it's worth, seeing the transformation, seeing... What comes out of it, she's all in and she doesn't care what the expensive. But that, to me, gave me such a flattery, not because I'm able to charge that, but also because they're able to perceive the value. They understand now. It wasn't a matter of quality of service of me, but it was, a, it was an evaluation of how much they value their own health. Was it worth – and the same Absolutely. thing with business. You know, If I were to look at how much I've spent for something to get done the wrong way, and then pay two or three guys after it again to do it the wrong way. If I would have paid the professional from the beginning, it would have been probably a third of the cost. But up front, you're going, ah, let me do it a little less and let me do it a little more. And but it's amazing to see how our mind really gets that, that sunken cost of, you know, oh my gosh, it's gonna cost this much up front. But if you realize how much life you're getting back, it's priceless.
0: Right. And it's funny. Um, This week I had an interview with somebody that trying to help elevate um, our business and my business. And we're talking to him and, um, you know, he quoted me $10,000 a month. And this is no bullshit, like $10,000 a month for his services of what he was trying to do for for coffee and whatnot. And I'm sitting there going, man, that's a lot of money. But then I look at it and go, okay, well, my goal is $10 million by the end of 2020. Is he going to get me there? Right? If I make it, If now, if I'm doing millions, right, 10 months, nothing, right? But it's like that initial going, well, I need to do something. I need to bring on more people. I need to help continue further the business. I need to build up my personal training business, right? So you have to wonder and going, okay, so if I invest $3,000 into this person, are they going to help me make more money? And and I think most people get hung up, even when they're fitness, their business, wherever it is. That's a lot of money for today. And I'm not making any more money today. Well, if you're thinking today, you're never going to make it. You have to think long term. I am. if you're, I already can tell you, you're not thinking long-term as far as financially, if you can't afford to pay somebody for something today because you have no money saved because you have not been thinking about the future. So how can I expect you to think about the future now? All right, if you got no money saved in the bank account, it's not because you don't make enough. It's because you haven't thought, I need to save for bigger things. So for the business aspect or the individual, like if you're wanting to hire somebody or, you're wanting to hire a personal trainer this thing or that like and you don't have the money that's because you never thought well I'm going to do something bigger and better or I'm not going to invest into something that I want or need all you care about is today and that might be why you're at my door right now saying hey I need your help or hey I need you to train me it's because you haven't thought about that type of future of yourself. And maybe that's why you need to lose 30 pounds because you haven't been thinking about tomorrow. All you've been consumed with is today and same thing for your business. If you have no money to invest into your business, are you spending it all on those J's? Are you spending it all going out because now you have money? So I think it's just a different mindset of thinking towards the future of, okay, if I invest today, I'm going to reap six months from now, I'm going to reap later versus man, that's a lot of money today.
1: I agree. I, and, I, and That's so hard so to, next, uh, to forecast, not even where they're on in their journey, but also to forecast their self-worth. I mean, just like you said, 10 grand. I mean, it's funny listening to you say that, but then coming from me that I spend six to $8,000 just on Facebook boosting alone, not including all the design work. It's funny when I meet others and they're like, you spend how much? And then I hear ten thousand and I'm like, right. you know, that sounds like a lot. But then when you realize the multiplier effects, I mean, ten thousand dollars a month to make ten million, I mean, that's that's amazing return.
0: Right. And it's just like, but today it's like, man, that's hard today. But it, it it's all just a ratio thing, right? If somebody's making no money, it's hard to say, Hey, I'm gonna invest You know, so I can start to make some money. And I think those that do invest believe in themselves and they're ready. Those that aren't willing to invest the money, even though they have the money, they truly don't believe in themselves, not necessarily the person that they're paying. They don't think that they can lose the weight. So they're not going to hire the trainer, even though they have the money. They don't, they aren't ready. You know, I've had a lot of calls with people that are not willing to invest for, like, for example, Fit Legacy as a business, like, you know mentor them teach them whatever uh, you know the full course and it's because they're not ready not because they don't have the money they're just not ready to take that leap that step because they still want to maybe not uh put in all that work that we're requiring or maybe they are um still not 100% hate their job. Maybe they're at the 80% mark, right? But eventually, like, that, like you had that client come back, eventually you will be ready. It's just in your mind, you have to tell yourself, am I ready or am I not ready? If I am ready, let's buckle up and
1: do this. And it's not but, for everyone. Let's move it's on It's not here. for everybody. You got to be able to have the stomach to really go, my gosh, I'm going to take on a $10,000 a month, you know, uh, employee or contract labor, whatever it is, To help you do this, I mean, not everybody can stomach that. And that to me was so hard in thinking that everybody wants the same thing I want. And that kind of goes into, for me, the, you know, the golden rule. Everybody always talks about the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. Not everybody wants to have a huge, big, you know, business and have responsibility and all this. When it comes to business, I believe in the platinum rule and that's treat everybody how they want to be treated. Figure out where they want, what how, what fulfills them. For some people, it's recognition. I mean, we have a whole event ceremony at the end of graduation for recognition so your parents can see your name and hear it from the speakers and the speaker's voice from the podium so you come across that stage. But others like to see the money in the bank. You know, that's where the fame and fortune gets into. But you got some guys that they like the idea of it, but are they really going to hold themselves and say, look, I'm going to invest in this guy? And I promise you, if you spend the money in something, just like with training, you're gonna do it. You're gonna do it.
0: Right. Because it falls back to two things of accomplishing a goal. You have time or money invested. So it's part of it's part of the equation to achieving that goal. It's accountability. It's saying, hey, I've got something tied to this. I'm That's not right. gonna fail. That's right. I, I think also, too, that you know, people. Keep in mind, like whenever you're trying to start a business, like do you want money or do you want to work for yourself? Because statistics show that entrepreneurs make twenty thousand dollars less than a person that works a normal job. Okay, let's bring that back. Twenty thousand dollars less than a normal employee. Okay, that means entrepreneurs have freedom, but a lot more stress. And typically a lot less money. Now, is that because they just want the money? So people try to work for themselves. And if you're just working for the money, then just get a job. It's not about the money. The money isn't going to change anything, because the money's not going to get you up in the morning to answer your to, to get you up at five o'clock in the morning to go train somebody. It's not going to make you answer emails. It's not going to make you go out there and start deeming people for leads. It's not going to make you take phone calls. It's not going to make you passionate. It's not going to make you create content. It's not going to make you get creative and make a YouTube. It's not going to do those things for you. What it's going to be able to do is get you to hire people to help you do that. But guess what? You're still the boss. And if if you don't have that urge to create, then it's not going to do anything for you. So you need to figure out what you're trying to do. Are you trying to make money? Or do you want to work for yourself? Do you want to be your own boss? And those are two completely different things. And I think that you know, I, I got that from Gary Vee. I follow Gary Vee a lot. And for him and for me, I think it relates so well. It's because it's not about money per se. It's about um, trying to find something that you know lights you on fire your passion, something that you get up and go, I can't wait to help Susan's day. I can't wait to help Mark, you know, build his business. I can't wait to do this or that. Um, and seeing the end goal, not, and is it is it payday yet? Has so-and-so paid yet? You know, I can't wait for that to come <laughs> in so I can go do this and that, but that's how it starts. Like you think, okay, well, and, and, and everybody goes through phases. But the difference is is being successful and growing it and enjoying it is having the passion over the love of money. Because if you want the love of money, just become an accountant right? or just become any other business or job that makes good money. There's plenty well, of those out there. right well, go work on. Since Street, you're talking right? about
1: the, the, the passion part, I just did a, uh, a presentation on that the three P's of personal training. And that's key, passion, personality, and programming. And I'm not to- we're talking about programming like what are they going to work out. I'm talking about do you have a plan and a way to grow? If you're trying to do all the things, all the hats, finances, marketing, training, all that stuff, one thing will take over the other and you are going to stop growing your business and you will be consumed by it.
0: Right. And that's funny because I feel like I'm almost there now. Right, but before I get to that tipping point, that's where I'm starting to bring in other people to help grow and help do things. Right, the the conversation of ten thousand dollars a month is only on the table because I need to focus on what started Coffee Over Cardio. Right, I need to focus on developing products, the direction of the company, and things of that nature. And they need to focus on the job that they're interviewing to do. But you know, you can't you can't do it all and you can't build the strategy, you can't build the site, you can't do all the social media, you can't do all the YouTube Mike, editing. say that
1: one more time. You N- can't do what?
0: <laughs> you can't build a website, you can't do all the marketing, you can't do all the content, you can't do all the video editing for YouTube, you can't do all the editing for podcasts, you can't do every single thing. You can in the beginning because you have to, right? But at the same time, it's hard to create your blueprint and the content and do it. And so it's, it's always easier when you're able to bounce something off somebody else that's already done it so that you take away that stress aspect and that, that piece of it that makes, am I sure this is going to work? Or you put all this energy. Do you know how many websites <laughs> I've built? So they, I get to the end and I go, this looks like shit. And I've spent hours and hours and hours and weeks trying to build things and they're not successful because I feel like I'm just trying to make it up and do it on my own. And then I have somebody that's been doing this for a long time, they ask, oh, you need to do this, this, and this. I'm like, are you kidding? I did all this work and there was an app for that? All you have to do is just like align yourself with individuals that have already been there because we're all trying to reinvent the wheel. When realistically, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to put your own little spin to it, you know? Whether that's, you know, you like 22-inch rims or if you like 16 with spokes. Like, whatever your flair is, do that, but don't have to recreate it. It's just put your own spice to it, you know?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. All
0: right, so tell me, how important is retention of a client? And how do you keep it?
1: All right, so this is a big one that I get with all of my trainers right when they come in the door. They come in, they get a client, the client wants to lose 30 pounds, they give them the results, and the client leaves four or five months later. And they're beating their head against the wall going, I don't understand, I gave them what they asked for. They asked to lose 30 pounds, we did it, why did they not stay? So if you got pencil and paper, this is one thing I tell all my guys to write down. Results equal reminders, and relationships equal retention. Results equal reminders, and relationships equal retention. You won't believe how many people come in, they do a consult, and they tell me they want to lose 65 pounds in nine months. And I'll say, why is that? why they pick that number? why they pick that time frame? They said, because I did it before with another program like P90X or whatever. And I say, great, so you're coming to me to give you a solution to something you've already solved once before. Why don't you just do the same thing you did before? And they say the same thing every time. There was no relationship. Yeah, anybody can go through the workouts and get what they want, but if there's nothing that really humanizes it to them, that makes them remember why they left and why they started, nobody to really be on the journey with you, I mean, that's key relationships. And the thing that's really shown for me now owning four or five businesses all everything has been built off this personal training because these people, I've poured everything. And my mantra is not that I'm going to be the best personal trainer, but my mantra is I will go to lengths that nobody else will go to ensure a quality of service to my clients and my team. I don't know all the answers, but I promise you one thing. If you ask one of my guys, well, Frank, you know how to do that? No, but I'll know somebody that does or I'll find a way to learn the knowledge. I mean, we live in a Google era where if we don't know somebody, Google it, find a pro, get somebody. But I mean, as far as the retention, like the the thing is, how do you make it simple for people? How do they know like I can count on you? And that's all through the relationship. It's really showing and testing and giving value, showing them what you stand for, continuously executing what you want those expectations to be for yourself, and for that relationship, and the people will stay. Uh, A lot of times, we we get clients that they'll sign up and do like a, we only offer a six-month package or a 12-month package, but they'll say, how often does somebody renew on a six-month package? And I always tell them, by the third month, you don't ask when this stops. You ask, how do I get it to just continue? Uh, Because the thing is, it's all about how that relationship grows together. And at first, everybody's trying to learn everyone. And that goes back to the golden rule versus the platinum rule. How does this person want to be motivated and treated? I might like somebody to yell at me. I like somebody to get in my face. I mean, look, out of all my friends, I've told you, Mike, you are the biggest jerk. But I love you because I know you're gonna <laughs> you don't care about how I feel. You don't care that the information might hurt me at that moment, but you realize that you'd rather be the person telling me, hey, what you're about that that post looked cheesy, man this this doesn't look right. You need, to, you need to redo that. And I mean, how much have I had to go back and put more hours in the lab, more hours in the office, more hours late at night when I'm like, I've already done it this way. Or how many times when I was getting ready for shows and you were my live-in <laughs> Nazi trainer and you would tell me like, yeah, that sounds great right now, but that's not going to help you on stage where you want to be 18 months from now, where you want to be 18 days from now. But it's so true that a lot of times we don't want to be told that. And in that moment, I really don't, I don't want to hear that. But that's the difference in knowing what your client needs versus what they want. And and a lot of times it's because we want them to hear that. Oh yeah, you can still have your wine every night. We can still make abs pop out. No, you got to buckle down. Like, yeah, I get you want it, but you got to sacrifice something. You got to invest. But you're... You're an example to me on exactly a true relationship on if you really let people know exactly what they have to do, if you really coach them, if you really tell them the grit, the grime that goes into it and not sugarcoat it, but also giving them an avenue to do it, that right there, that's that's the, that's the the recipe for that relationship is really just laying it out.
0: I think definitely because uh, I, I guess I learned it from my father. He's a very blunt man, and will tell you no filter. Hey, well, that's a great idea. That sucks. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Um, so I always run. You know, again, Gary V always says too. He's like, don't run your ideas by your family, right? Because they're going to be like, that's a great idea. Blah blah blah. First, I do run mine by my family. My mom is kind of here nor there not that she knows any difference about when I say something like this type of business that I'm in or whatnot, but my dad, he'll ask me foundational questions and my dad hasn't been on the internet ever. Okay. He used to work for a computer place back in the eighties, but I've, this is a hardcore, um, redneck and that's given it lightly. So for, as you know, (laughs) and so for him to ask questions that have nothing to do with social or the business model, it's the foundation or the core principles behind how it's going to work. Um, you know, and makes you question the root of it, not just the glutes and the glam that you might see. And so I think the difference between, you know, um, being an asshole, as you stated in real life, not a jerk on the <laughs> podcast, but So <laughs> I think the biggest difference is when I try to learn, is that telling somebody an idea is not good is great, but what they need is a solution. And so there's nothing worse than somebody saying that's a bad idea and then not giving a solution or a reason why it could be better or why they think that it's not going to work. I play devil's advocate in everything, and either you appreciate it or you hate it. But the reason I do it is because I want to question the things that I don't like about it. But don't ask me if you don't want the truth. And I only say the truth because I want it to be successful. And I've had a lot of things come up and go, that's a really great idea. Or I'm going to question you so much about it, I'm going to make you go, do you really want to do it? Do you really want this to happen? So, you know, um, I think that's the thing too, is like, you'll talk to me and go, you know, I, I don't know if I actually do want to do that now it sounded good, but when you put it like that, maybe I don't. and then that's for you to determine from there. because um, sometimes we talk to our circles and they go, dude go for it. you've been great at <laughs> everything. just do it, just go for it. Realistically, like everybody fails at everything and so um, people always want to, I think be too nice to give out the participation trophies. Not that I'm trying to be rude. I'm just um, I just try to be straight and truthful. And say I like this. I don't like that. This is what I would do. This is what I would not do. And this is why I would do that. Um, so but I'm going to touch on retention for a second because I just think it's so big. You said that you only do six and twelve month yes. packages. Okay. The reason that Frankie does this is we had some we had some serious discussions, and sometimes when you're not making the money that you want. You go down, you cut your prices, you try to sell to everybody, you try to fall into that same mentality of, well, I just need to get as many clients as I can. And I feel like at one point we were kind of hitting that theory again and basically just needed to reiterate, hey, the more times you say no, the more successful you're going to be in the end. And it's really hard to do Whenever you're wondering, am I going to make Mike, enough money? Mike, that's so hard.
1: Month? You just said, but how hard is it for us to say it, no? It's so hard. Right.
0: I mean, I've had people come to me and be like, "Hey, help me with my business. This is what I can do. You know, I can do this type of payment plan or blah 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 blah." And you know, it's not what I had offered, or it's not a close. And even you're a friend or whatever, it doesn't matter to me because I know that. It isn't going to help either of us in the long run. One, because the person isn't willing to give the financial that they need. And for me, I'm already looking at you as like, oh, I don't want to work with you because I don't feel like I'm getting the amount of money that I feel like I deserve. So we already have a negative tendency between our relationship because you go, you're too expensive. And I'm going, you're too cheap. And so there's already this negative vibe going on between you and your client. And I find this when I'm personal and trained that my best clients paid full price because they valued and appreciated and they f- saw value in what I was doing for the price I was asking. They weren't balking at it and going, Man, you're full of shit. I ain't paying that much. Like, why would you want to work with somebody that you don't feel like you should pay them full price and the- that they're asking? because you don't see the value in them, then why are you hiring them in the first place, right? Right? So you need to make sure that you tell your clientele or not tell them, but but basically uphold to yourself. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm charging. So you do six and 12 month plans. Um, This is something I'm very advocate on because no goals achieved in four weeks. Stop selling yourself for a hundred bucks and try to stop selling to anybody and everybody, okay? With volume comes headache, and with headache come problems, and very high turnover rates. If you have to struggle to make a $100 a month payment to have a personal training, guess what? You're going to struggle next month too. Now, that doesn't mean you can't train people that are financially bound. It just means you need to go about your strategy differently and letting somebody, you know what, you can just pay me for one month and pay me next month. Good luck, they're not coming back. Nine times out of 10, that's gone. And you already don't want to work with them because they're, you like as we said, you don't feel the value in them and they don't feel the value in you. When somebody pays you six months, now you're able to take it at the pace you want. Because when you, somebody pays you for a week's program, for example, which I still don't like to do, the first two weeks, you're trying to learn the client in person or online. doesn't matter. You're trying to learn who they are and what they're about. You don't want to over push them. Remember, they're hiring you because they don't like working out, right? They hate it. So you can't get them in there to make them lose 10 pounds this month because they're not going to like it because how sore they're going to be. And they're not going to want to make zero to 100 changes in their diet. So they're not going to see the results. And they're like, well, I'm doing everything you said. And then by the time eight weeks comes around, they might have lost this 10 pounds. Um, and they're starting to get into the gym on a regular basis and not skip nothing and not cheating, and lo and behold, they're like, well, I didn't really see the results I wanted. I'm not gonna pay again. And does that sound familiar to anybody listening? So if you're able to have somebody invest in the long term, six month, twelve month, like how much are you willing to commit to yourself and ask them this like, it's a, it's really funny. I so I go over a, a basically a cell script, a phone script inside phase two of the, the program, and I get like heated in, in this video because it's you got to have passion behind what you're doing and what you're trying to speak about. And if you don't, uh, if you don't hold yourself to a certain standard of what you're trying to accomplish out of people or what you're asking of them, you know, I've been on the phone with people before and asked them, hey, look down your stomach. Grab that fat on your stomach with your hands. How big of a pinch is it? And they're like, what? I go, grab your stomach. How big of a pinch is it? And they go, I was like, is it like a small pinch or is it like a handful? And then they have to realize in their mind, holy shit, i I got a handful of fat in my hand. Now I've made it personable, right? Now you're having to go, whew. Okay, I need this. This isn't going to happen in four weeks. It's just a realization Of getting a client to understand how much they need this and to stop worrying about how much it cost show value see that handful that's gonna go away but we can't do that in eight weeks you know that it took a lot longer than eight weeks to get it off so that's why I'm going to suggest we do the six-month program and here's why so instead of selling training start selling solutions Um, I think in person, it it can be very easy, but online, it's all about um, tones, tonality. Um, Trying to think of the guy's name, uh, Jordan Belfer, an individual from Wolf of Wall Street, who is all about tonalities and making that really personal connection with somebody that doesn't know who you are. it's all about how you sound and how you're coming off. And do you, are you being genuine in what you're saying, and what you're asking? And do they think that, you know, are they, are they actually believing in you without having physical evidence of so? And that's the whole point is you believe in your product. you be super confident about it. I'm super confident about what I'm doing. I know that my clients are going to see results. That's why I'm okay with asking for money. If you're not hundred percent sure about what you're doing, it's really hard to ask for money. And what's really difficult is when you think about asking money for people, thinking about what's in your own pockets. If you got $3 in your pocket, it's really hard to ask somebody for $3,000. But guess what? You got to. Why? Because you need that $3,000 in your pocket. And if you're worried about um, if somebody else can afford it, just remember the value in which you think fitness costs and what they might think it costs is different, right? That lady thought at one point it was too expensive, right? But now as a trainer, would you pay somebody to train you for the same amount of money you're asking for somebody? Probably not. Why? Because you have all the knowledge. It's not as valuable to you. You just have to apply some effort, right? But for them, they know nothing. They got no effort given and they know nothing about it. So to them, it's a lot more valuable. So if you think about that value of what's in your pockets versus what's in their pockets, you might be looking at it differently. So don't question yourself. Just understand your value and what you're worth, and then you can ask for it. Slight rant there, but <laughs> I hope I hope that came off with good intentions. So. All right, so we're gonna wrap this up. Um, one question for you: the give me your top three tips for a trainer starting out, um, whether it be online or at a local gym. How to build the clientele?
1: Oh, top three tips. Let me think about that. Well, um, one, I would say never stop marketing and promoting yourself. No matter if you're within a gym, under a gym, working for somebody, always promote yourself. Doesn't mean you have to say you're better than somebody, but just never stop promoting your brand because you're always in the business of marketing because marketing is sales. Never. And so many guys get busy. Oh, man, I wanted to get 25 clients. I got 25 clients. I'm going to stop marketing. They will eventually fade off. Yeah.
0: they always fall off you got to keep continue on that train of pushing for new clients because for every one you sign up one is going to eventually stop at some point so if you want to continue to scale the business you got to keep. number marketing.
1: two say number no two. more often definitely most of my largest headaches are because i said yes to something that my gut my heart my mind everything told me no but i thought you know this client. You know she really needs it, or he really he doesn't have the money, or this or that. And you try to negotiate with yourself, and a lot of it is no. You just got to say no. Or a lot of things. You know you got to say no to some opportunities. Oh man, if you buy this right now, man, I can work for you. I can do all that marketing stuff. I'm in between jobs. I need some help. You know I need some money. I'll do it for half the price. No, pay full price so that when you fire him, like a full price paid job or a contractor they leave like that. Look, I paid you good money. You didn't do what you were supposed to or vice versa. But that way, when they live up to it, you feel like your money's well spent. Uh, Definitely say no more often so that you can say yes to the things you really feel like. And then lastly, number three, you cannot afford amateurs. Pay for the pro. Pay for the pro. And a lot of things, You know, I used to think, well, all right, I need you to build me a whole website and I need you to do this and that. No, figure out a way that they can be build you a great Facebook page or something that costs them less uh, time and design and then really have your your plan in order so that you can really make, make and maximize whatever platform you're hiring that professional for so that in the end, you can really have that professional do something that they're great at, what they really are designed to do so that you can handle what you're designed to do.
0: All right, Frankie. Well, I really appreciate it, man. Wrapping up an hour here. Um, again, guys, I will put his socials and stuff. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can go to the website. You'll be able to find it. Um, and Frankie is a powerful speaker. Um, I know that he is getting into a lot of speaking engagements around the country and around the world. So um, if any of you are listening that would be interested in doing something, whether it be for your corporation or for your small business or whatever it may be. Um, I know that's something that he would love to be able to do. Um, do you have any speaking engagements oh, man, coming up? We're be
1: at ca in about three weeks, and then the University of North Alabama. I'll be at. Um, we're doing a, uh, a a Latin music event, speaking to some of their instructors and trainers in South Florida. I think right now I'm booked up till July. I've got some openings in July, and then um, I, I uh, I'm looking at already planning ahead for a big 2020. But um, getting getting people motivated is kind of is the key. Everybody loves the idea of it, but it's really putting pen to paper and actions uh, behind our dreams to really achieve it. So let's make it a huge 2019 so we can live the dream in 2020.
0: No Stay doubt, guys. It. Thank you, Frankie. And for everybody that's listening, thank you, guys. I hope you got some serious knowledge and value out of this. Until next time, Keep building your legacy.